Well, welcome to the Deeper Dive Podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the texts we covered in worship on Sunday, and we do that by discussing things like historical settings and literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith, so we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org slash dailyconnection. Well, today we're following up on peace. So yesterday, um, we continued our Fruit of the Spirit conversation, and um, we talked about peace. And I promised you that um, I would uh, talk about the Matthew uh, 10 passage, which I just I just didn't have time to do in the sermon yesterday. Um, but the Matthew 10 passage where it um, where Jesus said, "Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace. I did not come to bring pre- peace, but a sword." What about the uh, passages where he said, "I'm the prince," of, where people said, "I am the prince of peace," and he said, "I bring you peace." Mm-hmm. Um, isn't that uh, contradicting himself? I can just can just hear all the people that (laughs) don't believe in Christianity or don't believe in Scripture go, see, see, right here. It's true that this is a a prime example of the Bible contradicting itself, Jesus (laughs) contradicting himself. The whole thing is a house of cards and it crumbles right away because of texts like this exactly yeah. exactly we're yep. all we're all failures we're all wrong so let's let's right. fix not fix this but let's explain this how about so um the the jewish people were looking for a messiah that was going to bring about peace between uh kingdoms they they were going to be um the ones that um were experiencing peace and all other uh nations um would understand that they were the um god's chosen people um obviously that still hasn't happened but um um so so when Jesus came, um, he came as a, a, a peaceful Messiah in a very, very different way than they had ever expected. Their uh, traditions also was that there was peace in the family. I mean, um, that was very important to them. It, they might not have had um, international peace, but there was that was a very high standard for them. So for Jesus to come and say, um, I have not come to bring peace, but I have come, I mean, I, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword and turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother. Whoa. I mean, oh, that's pretty drastic. So don't forget the mother-in-law too. That was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I I was trying to stay out of that because I have a a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law and another son-in-law. So, so, um, yeah, he was just going to turn the whole family upside down and man, talk about, uh, talk about turning the world on its uh, on its uh, heels or, or turning it upside down. So what was really happening here is that um, um, he was saying, I mean, as the gospel did, um, it it did bring conflict. It did when you speak the truth um, and the truth about Christ. I mean, look at how many people turned on Jesus. Look at at Judas, one of his own, uh, one of his own. Although I have a whole other perspective on that, but um, look at our families today, and look at those who have uh, chosen to be Christians, and those that um, don't understand why why the wife or the husband or the kids or the parents want anything to do with this God. Um, and Jesus was saying, 
if you have to choose, you have to choose me. You can't um, um, say, well, my, my spouse doesn't like this, and so I'm going to walk away from you, Jesus. Um, and that's, that's a talk about the tough sayings of Jesus. That's a tough saying that, um, um, you know, if it come, push comes to shove, and, and it does. I mean, Jesus is radical. The the sayings of Jesus are radical. And so they are going to um, um, come between all kinds of groups of people, all kinds of families. And Jesus said, the family isn't the most important um, um, group. I am the most important. Um, you, we're starting to say something, Randy. And that cut, a, cut, cut across all of Judaism's thought. Absolutely. family was absolute. Mm-hmm. So uh, I liked, if I could interject yeah. here, uh, uh, Peterson's The Message, I thought, gave an interesting just flavor to this. And it says this, don't think I've come to make life cozy. <laughs> I've come to cut, make a sharp knife, cut between son and father, daughter and mother, bride and mother-in-law, cut through cozy domestic arrangements and free you for God. Mm-hmm. I th- there's an interesting, I want to come back to that cozy domestic arrangements, well-meaning he says family members can be your worst enemies. If you prefer father or mother over me, you don't deserve me. If you prefer son or daughter over me, you don't deserve me. Um, in the New Testament uh, church, those people who became Christians were oftentimes almost, I don't know if the word excommunicated is the, mm. is the correct word, but it certainly is the correct system that was applied to them. Uh, especially if if uh, if father or or grandfather was a, a Pharisee or a Sad- mm-hmm. Sadducee or in the Sanhedrin, I mean there was an absolute cut between that. And uh, his his saying this is not about this is what I want to happen, but no. I want to tell you this is what's going to happen if you take seriously this discipleship thing with me, mm-hmm. uh, because family back then controlled everything controlled who you married, when you married, controlled more than likely living arrangements to some degree, uh, controlled finances to a great degree. And so I want you just to know that when you follow me, when you come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, there's going to be some cost to this thing. So for us to grab a hold of that peace could be in a framework in our lives where we're not in control and where all of our experiences are not happy moments, uh, it's just a new and foreign thing, both for back then, and I think to some degree it still is today. Um, I'm not sure Christian faith separates families today to the extreme, and we have folks in our family who strongly disagree Mm -hmm. with faith. Mm Mm-hmm. But it doesn't separate it as to the degree that it did back then. Not at all. No, no. And, and even uh, even in my lifetime, I can see the difference that, um, I mean, if my grandmother had had someone, uh, one of us grandchildren or one of her kids that had um, disowned the faith, I mean, that would have been... It would have been a much bigger deal than it is now, but we can't even imagine, I don't think, um, we can imagine, I guess, um, what it was like in the time of Jesus, and, the, and you're right, the, the, um, the family relationship, the dynamics of society then 
um, and Jesus is coming as this this uh, this man of peace, and and uh, and he didn't come in uh, to bring war. I mean, in terms of of nations, you right. know, um, Isaac was starting to. No, I was just going to say. I think it's. Um, I mean, essentially, we're talking about it in terms of. Uh, Division for the purpose of uh, kind of a, a, a more distilled purity, almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's uh, definitely one one way to kind of uh, come at that text. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another one is to look at this as a continuation of Jesus' um, removal of these kinds of alliance structures um, within uh, culture, mm-hmm. um, both in that time and in, in our time. So we've talked, you know, a lot, especially last spring, about uh, Jesus' kind of confrontation of the the political and the, the national system um, mm-hmm. in terms of Rome's occupation of Israel and kind of the, the destabilization of, of that mm-hmm. in a political way, um, you know, Mm-hmm. Much to our chagrin, you know, it has something to do with politics. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think in in this passage, and also a little bit earlier in Jesus' ministry, when he asked the question, "Who are my mothers and my brothers?" Mm-hmm. Um, he's really even cutting a little bit closer to the heart of Israel and trying to um, subvert and destabilize what they think is their their place. So you've got this larger nationalistic system, but then as you guys have said, you you have this clan or this family system that is older mm-hmm. and that is uh, more deeply rooted in the idea of Israel and really of all ancient peoples mm-hmm. at that time, mm-hmm. the tribe, the clan, uh, that's your identity. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what Jesus is trying to do here is to, to in, in the use of that language of the sword, the, the, the cutting, the separation, is to say that is no longer um, something that we need to uh, define ourselves by, mm-hmm. that it's not a, uh, not a step off uh, against uh, family members, but there, there is a, a certain uh, higher level of connectivity, mm-hmm. I guess, between humans mm-hmm. uh, that happens in this incarnational way. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. of Jesus to say that, uh, you know, nationalism is one thing that's on a low level, and we've discovered that here, you know, mm-hmm. recently. I mean, Israel, we. Mm-hmm. Um, family has been pretty old, and we've seen that mm-hmm. for, you know, for a long time, but that gets in the way of really who we're called to be mm-hmm. as well at times. And I th- so I think what Jesus is doing is, is slicing that off, and that probably is the closest to the bone, which mm-hmm. hurts the most. Um, I think to say that. When we look back at you know our origin stories in Genesis, that uh, that really we are we are all humans, mm-hmm. and that the familial trouble is also trouble that is mm-hmm. old, you know, brother against brother and mm-hmm. husband against wife, and all of these kinds of things that um, are way back at the beginning. But when we look at the beginning of uh, Genesis, we see people and God uh, together. Without those institutions, without right. even the institution of family, I know that's very controversial to say in some circles because you know a lot of conservative folks would point to Genesis as the establishment of the of the, you know the quote unquote nuclear family, mm-hmm. and I, I I just don't see that. I don't know how else to say that other than mm-hmm. that. But um, but you know uh, I think he's cutting away some of the um, the barnacles mm-hmm. you know off the boat there uh, mm-hmm. to a certain extent. And that's rough. It's rough language to oh, gosh, to yeah. hear, um, but I always find it interesting that it's mentioned in this context of 
what is peace and, you know, the whole, you touched on this a little bit yesterday, but, you know, the idea that, that peace is not always um, what we expect it to be, mm-hmm. and especially in the first century. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you heard the word peace, you might be afraid of that because mm-hmm. the peace of Rome is mm-hmm. the rule of Rome, right. mm-hmm. not, not the removal of violence, but the insertion of violence right. into your life for the benefit of someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know... It's always a little tricky, yeah. I think, it is. Uh, in that in that game, but yeah, um, yeah. That that language that goes back to what is it, uh, Malachi or Micah? I can't remember. Micah, um, Micah, Micah. Yeah. yeah. Um, same kind of thing that's going on there is you know he's just kind of calling out the disintegration of mm-hmm. Israel the nation and Israel this this group of family units together mm-hmm. um, and going hey what is this really about not like you need to turn against your brother and you need to turn against your brother. Right. Everybody should fight each other because right. uh, let's let's put up the ring in the backyard and do it. <laughs> um, but that there's more to us than just these these relationships. That's that right. There's more. Um, there's more that connects us as humans, right. you know, across geography, across history, all those all those things like right. that, I think. Yeah, it's fun. Well, and and I, I well, two thoughts. Um, I always wonder... We don't get um, we don't get this story, but how was Paul's family with him when he came to Christ? You know, oh, I mean, um, yeah, and you know, it's always funny. He never really talks about that, no. and 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 you know, however. We don't have all of his stuff, so it's not right, it's right. not a comprehensive picture of Paul for sure. But why did you know why the things that survived and that made it into Scripture, you know, why those things? Why is it not important that we would, don't know? Yeah, you know, Paul's family life. You know, I think that says something to yeah. at least the early churches' uh, kind of view on that. That it's it's it, we don't see a big genealogy of Paul. Right. 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 And yet we <laughs> yeah. know that he was a Pharisee. That's we, all we know is his conversion, right? right? That he once was this, but now he's this. And we have you know? to, I mean, we have to assume that if he was a Pharisee, then um, that, you know, we can kind of look back at his family line and as, make some assumptions. And when he came to Christ, I mean, can you imagine what I mean, I can only imagine because we don't have anything else. I would love to know, you know, what happened there. I mean, he had to have been excommunicated. I mean, I don't know. Um, uh, you sure, know, but we, we have no yeah. idea. He's and he's always so vigorous about, um, I think, taking down that, uh, you know, those alliances that Israel has based around for Israel the law. You right. know, I mean, and so right, right. So right. he doesn't seem to be very interested in it, I guess, right. Is, right. You know, right. is what I'm saying. And I think that's, to me, that's telling, you mm-hmm. know, the mm-hmm. the absence of that. Again, not that it's, you know, it's not a comprehensive picture. Right. So, you know, if someone wants to go, we don't know everything about you're like, you're right. We don't yeah. know everything about Paul. But this is what people thought was important about Paul. Right. <laughs> and this is what we have. Right. You know, and um he he doesn't seem to be he he seems to be interested from time to time about how uh, relational dynamics within families mm-hmm. work right in that context mm-hmm. you know for better or for worse um, but you know in terms of lineage he right. he uses that to go that's not important yeah yeah that's right that's right <laughs> he goes I used to be that so what yeah you know yeah. I mean it, it, so it's it's 
it's interesting that at the very least, and I think mm-hmm. telling that at the most, that that becomes not important for him. Right. You know? And so I wonder, I wonder if when, uh, when Jesus talked about this, um, um, he comes to bring um, not peace but a sword. I wonder if in Paul's life that ended up happening. You know, the, this is probably wasted conversation, but you know, it's just interesting um, to think: is that is that what happened with Paul? We don't know. Um, and if 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 Jesus were to come back today, that's the other thing I think. What what sword um, would divide? What what would he say? You know, you folks are being ridiculous here. Um, this is this is what you need to look at. Um, and of course, we don't know that fully, but we, I, I certainly see the fights between Christians, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, that does not please God. <laughs> um, I mean, it's okay to to um, look at different theologies, and it's it's helpful to do that. But I look at um, at least in our country. Uh, the way Christians go after Christians, uh, Christians on the right fighting Christians on the left, and vice versa, and um, that that in a sense is uh, well, not in a sense it is um, taking our eyes off of the main thing. Um, but those Christians wouldn't see that, and I say those as if I'm not a part of the uh, of that continuum of argument, and I have to be because we're all a part of that, um, even if I'm not participating in it, um, but. You know, when I look at peace, um, and peace, you know, you you need to have those conversations, but usually it's not conversations. Usually it's, you know, when you look at what's happening in our country, it's it gets ugly, um, even with Christians. You know, so the the concept of the sword. When I when I hear sword, my mind immediately goes to a physical sword, but the sword here is really strife and division. And so his his coming brings the sword is the strife and the division over what people value if indeed they value him above all, mm-hmm. even family, mm-hmm. or if they value him in alignment with. Uh, there's and most Christians will say, "Well, I love my God first, but." You know, I need to keep my wife happy, or I need to keep my husband happy, or I need to take care of my children. And there's always a but to that. As if, for one thing, as if God's going to ask us to do something that's going to cause us to abandon people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there may be times when that which we believe and hold to be evident um, will cause certainly strife and division. It may not always cause separation. I talk to a lot of pastors, both male and female, uh, who've been called, clear sense of call to ministry, maybe second career, that their spouse did not have the same witness that they had and walked through a, a fair part of a journey with some of them as they tried to sort out what that meant and how... how uh, a part of the question was how can God, how can God give me this vision and not give her that vision, or how can God give me this vision and not let my husband sense how important that is to me? Um, so this this strife and division that sometimes comes when Jesus becomes a part of the conversation doesn't mean that excludes peace, but it, it means we redefine that peace is a dip, deeper something inside of our soul than a casual lack of conflict. Um, 
or a casual lack of, uh, you know, for some coming home at night and there's no yelling or fighting in the marriage, they've, they've walked into peace for the evening. Mm-hmm. But that's, that, that's just not the depth of what uh, uh, Jesus, he says, I, I use this at sermons all the time, my peace I leave you, Paul writes. I have a peace that passes understanding. Um, and there's a depth there that we have to be careful that uh, what we casually say and sometimes even sing the song at Christmas time, what is it, peace on earth, goodwill to men, or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's the uh, absolute, I, I just don't believe there's ever going to be peace on this earth in that sense right and well that comes in the i mean that comes in the birth announcement Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. which is this kind of again counter counter roman narrative like this isn't how peace is going to happen let me show you how peace is going to happen through uh through you know a a very marginalized infant Mm -hmm. yeah Born to people who born to peasants. Yeah, you know this is not uh, this is not the piece you're used to. Right, uh, which I think is you know a great way to start that out. Right, <laughs> right. Know, if you're right. writing a gospel like that, right. yeah. I often wonder if the whole uh, ordering of priorities um, is helpful in this endeavor or not, um, or whether that's been hijacked for. Um, bad news instead of good news this whole you know well god first and your family second and then your community third and then the nation and then the this yeah, and I then the that, that there's a, there's a there's a continual chain of alliances that uh, i think in some way texts like this are trying to wipe out uh, this kind of ordering of things but we've seen throughout history when people they can do all kinds of weird things with justifying God first, or this first, or mm-hmm. that first, or that, oh yeah, might I even say America first, or mm-hmm. you right. know those right. kinds of right. those kinds of things. Right. Um, is there what's in the ordering? Mm-hmm. Why is that uh, a priority to put something over something else um, in these kinds of moments? What's the good in that? I right, guess. and and I think that that's a good question to ask. I think that. Um, I think that as Christians, um, the, 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 we start the first two with God has to come first, um, and you know that we we take that from um, all over Scripture, the Ten Commandments. Um, um, uh, I will have no other gods before me, and who are those gods? Are the gods, and 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 we have to look at that in context too. Yeah, what does it mean? Yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah. Um, and our, our children, uh, our gods, our, our families, our gods, is, uh, is our job, our God. Um, and then it, and then after that, it becomes, uh, as you use the term, a house of cards sometimes, you know. Um, and, and, but I don't see that in scripture, um, you know, in terms of that hierarchy of, of priorities. But, um, I, I think it's just helpful for some to say, okay, um, I I need to make sure that my family comes before my job, so that because there was a generation that, um, uh, although there was probably more family in that generation than anything else, but I'm thinking of uh, of even the generation before us, before Randy and I, um, where um, 
the men especially um, worked hard and and weren't home a lot because they they were trying to to um, take care of their families and then the next generation came up and said, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Right. I'm going to take care of my kids. So I think that's more of a recent phenomenon than uh, thousands of years, certainly maybe even hundreds of years. I'm I'm thinking that's a recent phenomenon in terms of, uh, you know, God, family, job, you know, when I see those three. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly post-industrial revolution. Right. Um, I mean, that that's that's for sure. Yeah, we're still, I think we're just, we're still kind of just swapping things in the same system, though. Mm-hmm. It's still a, it's still a, uh, I've got a couple of boxes here that, that I can move things around in. Mm-hmm. And so how do I move those around? Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, do you really have boxes? Do you really have drawers? Do you really have these things? Is it really like that? Right, you know? right, right. Um, I think we're probably, are we coming to the end of our time? I I forgot to look at when we started. Yeah, but we're getting close. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So send us your questions, because I think this is a topic mm-hmm. that um, you might have questions or comments, you know, bring send us your insights. We would love to have this, uh, uh, this discussion continue. I think it'd be valuable sometime to sit down uh, uh, with whatever you use, your phone, your computer, or a piece of paper, or, and ask yourself a serious question. What piece am I looking for? Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. I think identifying what I think is peace, what I think uh, I'm wanting from God at this point has been helpful for me to to find out that there's a lot of stuff in this world that I think will bring peace, and the reality is it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I spend so much time chasing rabbits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the well, not um, I'll head us down another road if I start talking about <laughs> the Protestant work ethic of a house and a car and 2.7 kids and a cat and a dog and how that was supposed to be the ultimate peace uh, goal. Um, and, and in fact, uh, kids in Mexico playing with a flat soccer ball have found a higher level of peace than mm-hmm. certainly I think we have found here. Right. Yeah, I'll quit because I'll take us down a rabbit hole here. All right. Well, uh, I was going to say that you know plays into next week. We'll just be patient and yeah. uh, we'll see <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> next week we will be talking about patience. So uh, until then, uh, hope to hear from you and uh, grace and peace. Mm-hmm.